0: Last week, yet another terrorist attack in Israel. Three killed, more injured. And apparently, there is no end in sight. The Times of Israel reports that officials say that the attacks will continue for several more months, possibly lasting for an entire year, similar to the wave of attacks in last 2015 and throughout 2016, just to give you an idea of what that would mean. In 2015, 36 Jews were killed, 2016, 16 Jews were killed, In 2014, 24 were killed. The rates of murders and terror attacks have been rising since 2021 in a way that we haven't seen in a number of years. 17 people were killed in 2021, and this year, at this rate, looks, God forbid, to exceed that since March 22nd. 19 Jews were killed in terror attacks. And I'm not even mentioning the deaths on the Palestinian side. And what is Israel doing in any other country? Such a spate of deaths would have everybody up in arms. But not in Israel. Israelis have learned to live with this. They have no idea how to stop it or even reduce it. Israel is talking about assassinating the Hamas leader, Yahya Sinwar. Even though they know that's not gonna stop anything. On the contrary, could make it a lot worse. Certainly not gonna help anything. The IDF says it's a very bad idea to do it, yet 6D, 60% of Israelis surveyed, actually 59, almost 60% of Israelis surveyed said the country should, Israel should assassinate Yahya Sinwar. But if they do that, somebody else is just going to take his place. Again, the IDF says it's not a good idea at this time to do it. Not that it merely won't help, that it's a bad idea. And yet 60% of the country wants it done. And I'm going to explain why. And I'm why going to explain why. That despite, why is it that despite wave after wave of terrorist attacks, wave after wave of death, of murders, of widows and orphans, Israel still, the Israeli public, still wants to continue with responses that don't help anything, responses that the Israeli military themselves says are not good ideas. Now, I understand the frustration that the people in Israel must be feeling and the fear that just overtakes them, living in the most dangerous place in the world where Jews live. Because that's what Israel is. Israel is the most dangerous place to live as a Jew anywhere in the world. And not even as a Jew. The 2015 Global Peace Index, which is a annual ranking of the world's countries based on how peaceful they are, ranked Israel number 148 most peaceful country out of 162. Out of 162 countries on the list in terms of How peaceful and safe they are to live. Israel was number 148. The only countries more dangerous than Israel were, here's the list, Ukraine, Nigeria, Libya, Russia, North Korea, Pakistan, Somalia, Congo, Sudan, Central African Republic, South Sudan, Afghanistan, Iraq, and Syria. Those are the only countries in the world that are more dangerous to live in than Israel. Never mind that Jews specifically are targeted by terrorists more than non-Jews are. It's more dangerous in general for the general population than almost any country in the entire world. And this, in Israel, which was created, according to many Zionists, as, quote-unquote, a safe haven for Jews. And yet, despite this, The Zionists still insist on the same responses to terrorism, show force, assassinate somebody, bomb something, even though they know and their own army and their own intelligence agencies say that's not the way to go. Oh, and after the 60% of Israeli population in the poll said they think that uh, Sinwa should be assassinated, another 21% said they don't know. So that's 20% said not to do it. 20% of the population, there's only 20% said to follow Israel's own experts, Israel's own military, and not to react this way. How do we understand this? This is not the way a normal population reacts. This is not the way a normal population works. Now, I understand it's possible that the fear and Trauma that Israelis experience have driven them to a place of irrationality, and the Jerusalem Post, in a recent article, says that the reason the population is responding this way is because it will satisfy a very understandable desire for revenge. Not that it will accomplish anything. It's just a, a emotional desire for revenge. I understand that, and I'm not saying that Sinwa deserves anything but being assassinated. The question is, why are they reacting this way? And when are they going to start sitting down to think, what can we do to help? When are they going to start listening to their own experts? When are they going to stop this visceral reaction that doesn't help anything and just continues to do nothing about at best and at uh, very likely encourages more deaths? Of their own people. For anybody that studied the history and ideology of Zionism, we understand that there's a lot more to this than just the desire for revenge. And I think a hint to this answer is given by that Jerusalem Post article that I've been citing. Uh, It's written by Herb Kanon, updated yesterday, May 9th, 2022. He says that even though Israel has never figured out how to solve the problem of terrorism, in fact, it's been going on from the time the Zionists decided to take over Palestine. Quote, he says, what Israel has done, however, is to figure out how to live with it, how to minimize it, and how to prosper despite it. I'm not sure, so sure about minimizing, especially since they do things that are counterproductive. But let's talk about... This They figured out how to live with it and how to prosper despite it. That, that would seem uh, like a laudatory thing. They do kind of ignore it. I mean, as I said, every, any other country would be up in arms. They wouldn't rest until they found some kind of productive solution or, or productive response. Not Israel. They've learned how to live with it. They've learned how to prosper despite it. And it's true that, that the country is complacent about it. People die more than anywhere else that Jews live. I mean, look, just take a look at this. When there's a terrorist attack, let's say, in the United States, and a a Jew is killed in a synagogue, there's talk about it for, for months. In Israel, it's back to the basketball game. Let's assassinate somebody and bomb somebody. They know that's not going to help. They've learned to live with it. Is this a way to live? The, the nonchalance with which Israel lives with terrorism needs an explanation. And, and it's more than just, well, they have no choice, so they may as well live with it. And this is the key to understanding what's going on over there. Despite the grave danger, relatively grave danger of living in Israel, especially as a Jew, nonetheless, Zionists continue to preach emigration from all over the world to Israel for Jews because of rising anti-Semitism in America and Europe and other places where Jews live, even though it's going from the frying pan into the fire. There is no place that Jews live anywhere on earth that's more dangerous than Israel. As of 2015... Eighty times more Israelis were killed in Israel by suicide bombers and random acts of violence in the past 20 years than all Jews killed in Europe by terrorists during the same time period. Let me repeat that. This data is as of 2015. eighty eight zero times more Israelis were killed in Israel by suicide bombers and random acts of violence in 20 years prior. The past 20 years, then all Jews in Europe put together that were killed by terrorists during the same time. And yet, in 2015, after the Copenhagen shooting in the great synagogue there where a terrorist killed a young man on guard duty, the the then Prime Minister of Israel, Benjamin Netanyahu, announced to the world that, unsolicited, he announced to the world, quote, This wave of terror attacks can be expected to continue, including anti-Semitic and murderous attacks. We therefore say to the Jews, to our brothers and sisters, Israel is your home and that of every Jew. Israel is waiting for you with open arms. Come to Israel. But Copenhagen was not nearly as dangerous as Israel, despite the 2015 terror attack the Danish Jewish community, and the Danish political leadership, neither of them appreciated the self-anointed, self-appointed leader of Denmark's Jews telling them to leave. Denmark's chief rabbi, yoram Michlior, said he was disappointed by Netanyahu's remarks. said, quote, Terror is not a reason to move to Israel. If the way we deal with terror is to run somewhere else, we should all run to a deserted island. End quote. Well, yes. But if you're not going to a deserted island, Israel is certainly not uh, your preferred destination, seeing that Israel is much more dangerous for Jews than Copenhagen. And his prediction about murderous attacks continuing, he should look at his own backyard first. And the question is why he doesn't. Now, that wasn't the only time that Netanyahu did that. He did the same thing earlier that year after the terror attack in Paris. and Netanyahu tweeted, I believe Jews know deep in their hearts that they have One country, the state of Israel, home for all of us. Then, too, the French political leaders condemned Netanyahu for portraying Jews as foreigners. You understand Netanyahu by doing this. Zionists, by doing this, make things worse for Jews. They literally are portraying Jews as foreigners in their countries. You think he's helping or hurting Jews by telling the world that the country of the Jews in France is Israel and they should come home? Of course he's hurting them, and they know it themselves. They condemn him for that. It was then that the Huffington Post wrote an article called How Netanyahu's Policies are Fueling Anti-Semitism, and they mentioned that statistic that 80 times more Israelis were killed in Israel in the past 20 years than all the Jews killed in Europe by terrorists at the same time. In fact, nearly 1 million people left Israel during those 20 years, many of whom left, ironically, because they fear for their security. And Netanyahu is not the only Zionist to do it, far from it. Immigration and Absorption Minister Zev Elkin said after that terrorist attack in France, I call, he said, I call on the Jews of France, come home. Anti-Semitism is rising, terror is increasing. We are prepared to receive with open arms the Jews of France. This is a national mission, he added, of the highest priority, a national mission, to absorb all the Jews from France, this fear-mongering. Obviously, the Zionists have their own interests in mind. They don't care about the safety of Jews. They would gladly put Jews in danger, even lethal danger, to promote the aspirations of Zionism. But the question is, why do people buy this? They've been doing this for about 100 years, before Netanyahu, in 2004. Then Prime Minister was Ariel Sharon. He said, uh, French Jews are being persecuted in France and must leave for Israel. Of course, French Jews condemned him. The Representative Council of Jewish Institutions was quoted by the French news agency AFP as saying that Sharon, quote, poured oil on the fire of anti-Semitism in an unacceptable fashion. But the Zionists don't care. And not only were the Zionists condemned by alert Jews when they, when they do these things, The Zionists are asked themselves, how could you promote Jews going to Israel because of anti-Semitism in Europe, in America, if Israel is much more dangerous? It's just a statistical fact. And here is an answer. This is Nathan Sharansky, the head of the Jewish agency, and he was in charge of the campaign to move the Jews from France to Israel. He was interviewed by Vice News. After he tells them about how many thousands of Jews are moving from France to Israel, they ask him the question, the question. Here it is. Listen. Can you understand why that, in a way, seems sort of crazy from an outside perspective, to leave a place like Paris because it's unsafe and then to move to Israel? Now listen to his astounding answer. Uh, France has great laws against anti-Semitism, but it's not about laws and it's not about physical protection. It's about whether you can feel yourself comfortable, secure at home. And they find out that they feel by themselves much more at home when they come to Israel. Okay, so it's not about laws and it's not about physical protection. He agrees that telling Jews from France to come to Israel because of anti-Semitism is not about physical protection. Then what is it about? Well, it's about feeling at home. They feel secure, even though they're not. They feel secure, and that's why they want to come to Israel. That's why they're telling them to come to Israel. And this begs the question. It begs the question. If they are not more secure in Israel, if they are less secure in Israel, why do they feel more secure? It's like, imagine telling somebody that if they wake up in the middle of the night teaching somebody, that if they wake up in the middle of the night and they uh, see a fire in their house, they should... Grab the door, run out as quickly as possible to the streets. Well, we know that that's what makes a person feel safe, uh, running out the door. But we know that that's not what will make him safe. He has to stop, drop and roll, feel the door, see if it's hot. There are so many things that we know that we're taught that, that make us feel safe. But we're foolish if we do them. They're actually more dangerous. And before they invented anti-lock brakes, they taught us that if you're speeding on a highway at 60 miles an hour and you hit a patch of ice and you start skidding, the worst thing, absolute worst thing to do is to slam on the brakes. You got to steer into the skid. And to teach somebody, imagine imagine somebody that uh, a campaign to tell people to slam on the brakes when they hit a skid or to run out of the house when there's a fire. And when you ask them, isn't that more dangerous? How does that make any sense? They'll say, it's not about physical safety, this that we told them to run out the door. It's about feeling secure. How is this not sick? How is this not absolutely enormously depraved? Because you have an agenda, you want people to move to Israel, you are deliberately. Telling them to move to Israel, knowing that it's less safe. It's not that they want to move to Israel because they're not doing well in France. They want to move out of France because of anti-Semitism. And you're telling them, okay, so come to Israel. Netanyahu's telling them, come to Israel. The Zionists are telling them, come to Israel, safe haven Israel. And yet when you ask the Israelis, but it's not safe, they'll say, yeah, but it's not about physical safety. It's about feeling at home and feeling secure, even though you're not secure at all. And by the way, in that Vice interview, the next thing they showed was people in an absorption center. And they asked them, what are you doing? Why would you move to Israel? And by and large, they said, because we're protected here, because of physical safety, in other words. So why, despite the fact, here's the question, why, despite the fact that Israel is not safe for Jews compared to anywhere else in the world, why is it that Zionists continue, they insist on saying that it is safe? And that people should move there. And how is it that people move to Israel because of physical safety, knowing full well that it's not true? There's a disconnect between their emotions over here, between their actions versus what they know rationally, intellectually in their head. And yes, there are a lot of times people act irrational, but here you're talking about life and death. They're doing something that's bizarre, bizarre. Imagine somebody running out of the house in a fire, and he's saying, I'm doing it because it's physically more safe. Even though he knows, he knows that it's not. A person could say, well, you know, I wasn't thinking straight. I just panicked. I panicked and I ran out of the house. I panicked and I, I opened the door. I panicked and I, I moved to Israel. I, I could hear that. I could understand that. That's not what they're saying. They're saying, Jews, move to Israel. Or Jews, let's move to Israel. For physical safety, even though it's not safer, it's the opposite. Here's another answer. This is from Anat Wilf, former member of the Knesset, former IDF intelligence officer, and currently probably the biggest Hasbara teacher on the planet. This was... In a conversation she had with me, she did not want to call it a debate, so we didn't. A conversation she had with me, and I, she was talking about how Jews outside of Israel are not safe, and I mentioned to her, well, it's just the opposite. We're much more safer than the Jews are in Israel. And more than that, Zionism was supposed to stop anti-Semitism. Theodore Herzl wrote, so the climax of his book, the last page of his book, The Jewish State, that as soon as Zionism gets off the ground, even before the state of Israel is created, as soon as Zionism gets off the ground, za- anti-Semitism will disappear off the face of the earth. That's a quote. And it wasn't only him. Leo Pinsker said the same thing, that the reason why people hate Jews is because they don't have a nationality, they don't have a country, and as soon as they become a nationality, anti-Semitism will disappear from the face of the earth. That was the purpose of Zionism, according to Theodore Herzl. Change the Jews. And people won't hate them anymore. Shortly after he wrote this, not long after he wrote this, came Nazi Germany and the Holocaust. So Zionism was a failure. And by that I mean it failed not only to meet its stated goal, it didn't impact on it at all. If anything, it made things worse. Here's her answer. In terms of making anti-Semitism go away, Zionism was a failure. But here I quote my favorite, Efrain Kishon, who said that, yes, unfortunately, Zionism did not make anti-Semitism go away, but it did give us the opportunity to tell the anti-Semites to shove it. (laughs) Okay. (laughs) Do you believe this? The problem is that the price you pay for this good feeling of telling this to the anti-Semites, whatever that means, is more people are dead. you got to fight wars. Tell me, how many dead Jews is it worth that you should feel good because you could tell an anti-Semite whatever you want to tell him? How many wars is it worth fighting? How many Jews? So far, close to 30,000. About 28,000 Jews have been killed in wars and terrorism. For Israel and Zionism, give me a number. At what point does it become not worth it already? 28,000 Jews dead. You you live in the most dangerous place for Jews. Many of those Jews, I don't know how many, but many would be alive today, perhaps all of them alive today, had they not lived in Israel, had they not fought wars for Israel. Eighty times more likely to be killed because of terrorism and violence in Israel, than any everywhere in Europe put together. Is it worth it? You say that with a smile, as if it's a good thing. How many, give me a number, how many Jews is it worth having slaughtered, so you could feel good? But never mind that. Never mind that question. On one hand, they know that Israel is not safe; it's more dangerous than even Paris for Jews. On the other hand, and this is my question: Zionists keep telling people to move to Israel because of safety, and people keep moving to Israel because of anti-Semitism. How does this make any sense? Okay, if somebody says they want, they'd prefer to have a good feeling than to be alive, they'd rather put their children at risk for some feeling of being home, whatever that means. I don't feel home in Israel, but if that's how they feel, if they want to have some feeling and it's worth their lives and their lives of their children, I condemn them. I think that's sick, but it's an explanation, an immoral and sick explanation, but it's, it's the truth. However, what is the explanation as to why people still fall for this? Why is it, how is it, that people are still telling others, come to Israel because it's safer, even though it's black and white, that it's not? Even the other day there was this report about an anti-Semitic event on a Lufthansa flight where there were some Jewish people that were, weren't compliant with the mask policy, and they wouldn't let any of the visibly Jew, Jewish people on the plane uh, on onto their connecting flight. And I've seen people, Zionists have said, See, Jews, nowhere is safe for you except Israel. This was literally just a few days after the terrorist attack in Israel, where three people were killed and more were gravely injured. Does this make any sense? Give me an explanation for this. Give me an immoral explanation. Give me an insane explanation. It's insane and immoral to put your children in danger because you think that this is home, whatever that means. I got that. But here we're not saying that, well, it's more dangerous, but I want the feeling. People are saying it's safer even though they know that it's not. How do, how do people live with that contradiction? That cognitive absurdity? And the answer is, yes, they can. This is Zionism. The answer is clear to somebody who's studied Zionist ideology and Zionist history. Israel doesn't run, it's not driven like a regular country. The things that motivate it, the things that drive it. It's not driven by the same factors that regular countries are driven by. It's driven by an ideology that Israel has. It's called Zionism. The same way, for example, that the Soviet Union would be driven by communism. And without understanding communism, you won't understand why the Soviet Union did what it did. So too, if you don't understand Zionism as an ideology, you'll never understand why Israelis or Zionists do what they do, why Israel does what it does. They want you to think, Zionists want you to think, that Zionism is nothing much different than the aspirations or the rights of people in any country. They'll tell you that Zionism is the right of the Jewish people to self-determination, Zionism is the right of the Jewish people in their homeland, things like that this is all not true. It's a whitewashing of what Zionism is. It's the same thing as if, as, as if to say communism, communism is just equal rights for everybody, equal opportunities for everybody. Everybody should have equal rights. That's all communism is. Well, of course it's not. That's a deliberate oversimplification in order to hide the true nature of communism. So, too, anybody that says Zionism is just uh, the right of Jews for self-determination or the right of Jews for self-determination in their ancient homeland is hiding the real ideology behind Zionism. Zionism is an entire worldview and an entire mindset. It's a, a... perception of reality, and it's so divorced from actual reality, one can call it a delusional reality. It's Zionists live in a delusional reality. Zionism is an ideology, is a worldview that says Jews pre-Zionism were disgusting. They were immoral. They were weak, weak weak-minded and weak-bodied. Years of being in exile and years of being persecuted, the Zionists said, drove the Jews crazy. They drove them to become weak, ugly. These are the words that the Zionists used. We've quoted here Jabotinsky, we've quoted Ben-Gurion, we've quoted Yosef Chaim Brenner, we've quoted Mikhail Yosef Berdachevsky, we've quoted the poetry of Chaim Nachman Bialik. The early Zionists set up a situation where they wanted to convince themselves that the only reason why people hate Jews is because of the Jewish personality, which is retrograde, which was broken, which was sick. What normal person would want to be a yuch Jew? Yes, they literally were anti-Semites. In my book, I have quotes from Ben-Gurionin, a quote from Hitler and they sound almost exactly the same. ben Guyan said, traditional Jews are parasites. This is literally German, Nazi, anti-Semitic ideology. Jews are parasites. Jabotinsky said, the Zid, it's an old derogatory term for a Jew, is ugly, sickly, cowardly. A Zionist is going to be the opposite of a Jew. He said, if you want to know what a Zionist should be, Take the image of a Jew, of a Zid, and imagine it's, di- it's exact opposite. It's exact opposite. A Zionist is the exact opposite of a Jew. That's what Jabotinsky said. Jabotinsky, who was the forerunner of, of today's Likud party. Netanyahu considers himself, he said himself, he considers himself a student of Jabotinsky. A Jew is disgusting, ugly, weak, and a Zionist is going to be the opposite. A- and they spread anti-Semitic literature and anti-Semitic poetry and anti-Semitic misinformation and disinformation, literally no difference than those of the anti-Semites. And they figured that once Zionism gets off the ground, as Herzl said, once the Jews change into Zionists, Because to be sure, Jabotinsky was right. At least the first half of what he said was right. The Zionist personality is the opposite of a Jewish personality. But it's not that the Jews are ugly and weak. It was the opposite. Because Jews had an idea of what ugliness is and what weakness is, what real strength is, strength of character, and what real beauty is. That was not shared by Zionists. And they wanted to be the opposite of an old-time Jew. They wanted to be the opposite of what traditional... Orthodox Jews are today. Now, yes, there are Orthodox Jews who are also Zionists. So their, their personality is Zionist, even though they perform many uh, Orthodox Jewish rituals. But there's still a personality of an Orthodox Jew that, that Zionist Jews don't have, where we have a different idea of what strength is, what real strength is. zehu gibor hakevesh es Yitzroi, who is strong, he who conquers himself. Ezehu Mokhubit, who is honored. Hamachaber es somebody who honors others. Ezehu Ashir who is wealthy. Hasameach Bechelko, somebody who is happy with what he has. The Zionists considered all of this weak, ugly, disgusting. And as Jabotinsky was right, their their goal was to create a personality that has just the opposite of the traditional Jewish values. And as, as Almag notes in his book Sabra, The Israeli personality, the Sabra personality, in any case, is actually an overcompensation against the traditional rabbinic personality. So first, don't blame Jews for what Zionists do. If you want to know the truth, what Zionists do, their personality, their values are literally, literally the opposite of those of the Jews. That was their goal. And they believed that it's so important to do this because otherwise, anti-Semitism, will continue and if they change their personalities, anti-Semitism won't. They mocked traditional Jews, they berated them, degraded them, attributed all the anti-Semitic tropes to them. They're parasites, they're ugly, they're weak, they're cowards. And so they are hated. Zionism will improve the Jewish character. Zionism will end anti-Semitism. This was a, a traumatic reaction. It was because of the trauma that they've experienced through anti-Semitism and the frustration that they had by, uh, from not being accepted into the non-Jewish world. The anti-Semites wouldn't accept them and they wanted so much to be like, like the anti-Semites. They wanted so much to be uh, like an Aryan or like a Russian Cossack, much more than they would want to be like a Jew. So they just changed what it means to be a Jew into something similar to an anti-Semite. And that's the Zionists today. That's Zionism. This thesis I wrote about a lot at great length in my book to show step by step how this process unfolded. They actually planned this. They identified those characteristics in Jews that they want to change, that they want to reverse. And they did it slowly, through education, through army service, through brainwashing, through bullying, and through various other means of hook and crook. They did this, and their whole lives, their, their main goal of life was to not be what a traditional Jew is, and then, now, everybody's going to love us. That, and that mindset, that ideology, it's, it's almost a religion, a godless religion because they didn't say, well, we don't want to be Jews anymore. They said, no, this is what being Jewish is. And they had Ben-Gurion established a curriculum of education that would actually revise Jewish history throughout the generations and say that this is always what the Jews aspired to. ben Zion Dinor was the main architect of that educational curriculum. And they've brainwashed, indoctrinated, already generations of Jewish children of Zionists To understand this. They taught them that it's worth giving your life, worth dying, worth killing, worth fighting wars for this. This is the lesson of the Holocaust. Without this, there will be more holocausts. Those pictures that they have of the Holocaust, where there's this contrasting uh, two pictures, one's black and white, the other is color. The black and white picture is always of Jews in a concentration camp, and the color picture is IDF soldiers. That contrast, that idea that it's a Binary choice. Life as a a Jew is a binary choice, either be that colorful picture of the IDF soldier or be that black and white picture of the emaciated, starving Jew in the concentration camp. And now they become Zionists. And guess what? They find just the opposite. The world doesn't love them. Anti-Semitism didn't disappear. On the contrary, they're a pariah state. People hate them. And the traditional religious Orthodox Jews resist Zionism. They refuse to serve in the Israeli army. And they say, we don't want to be Zionists. And the main reason why Orthodox Jews, by the way, refuse to serve in the Israeli army, because the Israeli army is an indoctrination camp of Zionism. And they refuse to be Zionists. It's all part of the Zionist mindset and the Zionist ideology and and what Zionists do. And we want nothing to do with it. And faced with this reality that The people who they think they saved, they improved, they came to the traditional Jews and they say, look what we got you. We got you an army. We got you Olympic gold medals. We got you Krav Maga. We got you Waze. We got you Zionism. You can be a Zionist. You don't have to be a regular Jew anymore. And they see the Jews themselves rejected and they say, we don't want anything to do with you. We have nothing to do with you. You're as Jewish as the Chinese. Leave us alone. We don't want any part of Zionism. And the world... That was supposed to love them now. That was supposed to welcome them into the family of nations. That's what they thought. Those were their words. Into the family of nations. Because of Israel, anti-Semitism rises. Because of Israel, attacks on Jews are perpetrated all over the world. Whenever Israel gets into a controversy, anti-Semitism or anti-Jewish attacks all over the world rise. They increase. And when Israel is not doing anything controversial, anti-Jewish attacks all over the world go down. Yes, it's true that what Jews do does not affect anti-Semitism, but what Israel does does affect attacks on Jews. That's because anti-Zionism is not anti-Semitism. And Israel, instead of making the world a safer place for Jews, which they thought it would, makes the world a more dangerous place for Jews and Israel instead of being a safe haven for Jews is the most dangerous place Jews live can you imagine the trauma that these people experience the cognitive dissonance that they are tempted to take shelter within can you imagine their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents sacrifice they they taught them that this is their they're going to make history they're This is the Hatikva. this is their hope for 2,000 years, and they found that it was not only a failure, but it was the biggest disaster for the Jewish people, both the ones in Israel and the ones out of Israel. How could they live with that? How could they live with that? The answer is they can't. They're still living in their delusion. It was always a delusion. The delusion, that that colored picture of the Israeli soldiers, the contrast with the black-and-white picture of the Holocaust victims. It's a delusion. Zionism is not a salvation for the Jews, and Israel is not a safe haven. Not only that, but it's the opposite. Their choice is to look back at not only their lives, but their, their ideology, their religion of Zionism, and it's like their God, and say their religion is false, Zionism is false, what their fathers and grandfathers fought for, what they died for, what they killed for, what they starved for, and yes, they did all of this, results in slaughter of Jews and blood. It retards the progress of Jews in this world. It's the greatest source of anti-Jewish sentiment today. Jews themselves, such as myself, and other non-religious Jews who believe this, want nothing to do with Israel. It's their identity itself that is being rejected. Their identity itself is being exposed as false. They are imposters. Their entire worldview is a fraud. Their parents and grandparents and great-grandparents fought and died and starved and worked for a fraud. They were scammed. They cannot bring themselves to believe this. They therefore maintain their religion. Plenty of people, even though you will refute their religion, will still cling to their false gods and their false religions. And it's blind faith. That's what it is. Just as many people have blind faith in their religion, Zionists have blind faith in Zionism. And that's why it's the blind faith in Zionism. And they were taught to believe in it as strongly as people believe in religion. In fact, they claim that this is Judaism, even though the Zionists, many of them were atheists. That also is a contradiction, but it doesn't matter. Blind faith, just believe it. Their blind faith in their Zionism, will not allow them to utter the words or to recognize in their hearts that Israel is the most dangerous place in the world for Jews. And if it's And even if intellectually they do, intellectually in the back of their minds, the same way many people realize in the back of their minds that their religion is bogus, they'll still practice their religion, they'll still die for their religion, they'll still live their religion, they'll still sacrifice for it because it's their religion. Zionism is the religion of the Zionists. And this worldview is their faith. And they believe in it blindly. And they. They've been indoctrinated with it so much, like cult members, that they get traumatized if you try to tell them that they they live in a cult. And so this is why Israel, Zionists, even though on paper, and their own intelligence people, their own military tells them, their own experts tell them that assassinating people is not the way to go over here. There are plenty other approaches that they can take. It doesn't matter. The Zionism taught that the reason why the Jews are persecuted, one of the reasons, because they're weak, because they're cowards. Flex your muscles, show your swords, expose your fangs, and then the enemies of the Jews will back down. And the enemies of the Jews is equivalent to the enemies of Israel. And the only way that Jews, meaning Israel, is go in their mind, is going to survive and is going to flourish, and the only way their enemies are going to back down is through force because they only understand one language. And the worst part is, if they try any other approach except this, back of their minds, deep inside their souls, they will have to accept that their whole identity, their upbringing, their religion is a fraud. It's like somebody growing up thinking that he's an American, he finds out that his parents were really Russian spies and his whole life was a, was a fake. Not only was his whole life a fake, but the Jews were much better off before Zionism. The Jews are better off without Zionism. And therefore, if you want, if Israel wants to do something productive to respond to terrorism, the first step is to get rid of this religion, this ideology called Zionism, that drives them to do things that are irresponsible, irrational, and counterproductive against their own interests. Just like there are religions that require sacrifices, human sacrifice, sacrifice of children, Zionism requires these sacrifices as well. But there's no God that promises you an afterlife. They get nothing in this world and nothing in the next world. The first step to peace in the Middle East, the first step to security in Israel, is to get rid of this pernicious ideology, this debased religion, this dark doomsday religion called Zionism. Israel needs to become a normal country, this conflict between Israel and the Palestinians needs to become what it is, a, a political conflict over land. And the Israelis need to understand that. But they also need to understand that they are—they need to become normal people. They need to understand that It's not them talking when they have 60% of the people that say, yes, let's assassinate somebody, even though their own experts say it's not going to help. It probably is going to even be counterproductive. It's the Zionism inside them that's talking. They need to shoot. They need to pull out their swords. They need to show their fangs. They need to flex their muscles. They need to do that because otherwise Hitler comes back. Now, finally, the Jews have an opportunity to do it. They can't get out of that mindset. They need to. The problem with the Israeli public, and I'm not talking about the conflict itself. I'm not talking about the conflict itself between Israel and the Palestinians. I'm talking about, right now, Israel's reaction. And this thing with Hitler, this is why the terrorists are not going to win. The terrorists will never beat the Zionists. The Zionists will never give in. Again, not because they have strength of character, but because they're deluded. And the way this delusion works, the mechanics behind it, is this Holocaust culture that they have. They've been, they've been trained, indoctrinated, brainwashed into having the Holocaust always, always front and center of their minds. That picture... That black and white picture in their minds of the Holocaust victims, the emaciated, starving, tortured people in concentration camps, that is the alternative to Israel. And in their minds, it's a binary issue. It's either that black and white picture or what you have now in Israel. So if they have to have a few thousand people, 20,000, 30,000, 40,000, 50,000 people blown up or bombed. That's a small price to pay for there not to be a holocaust. They're, they're anesthetized. If The terrorists should know. If anybody knows any terrorists out there, tell them that they will never, ever beat the Zionists. The Zionists will not give in. It's fruitless. It's useless. Not because the Zionists have such strength of character. They don't. They don't at all. But the Zionists are deluded. They don't feel the impact of people dying they don't care and it's because every terror incident that happens to them every tragedy that happens to them they understand it in comparison to the holocaust so by because by them there's two choices either israel or the holocaust so whatever happens is nothing because holocaust is the only other option they're anesthetized. It's like dealing with people like torturing somebody who has no nervous system. They, they've they numbed their nervous system. They've torn out that sensitivity to death that normal people have. It's not a positive character trait. It's not courage. It's not strength. It's being deluded. It's like somebody who sits on a fire and doesn't feel the pain. They just don't feel the pain, which is a terrible thing. There's a reason God made people feel pain if they sit on fire. It stops you from getting burnt up, you know, to jump off. The Zionists don't know. They don't realize what terrible things are happening to them when the Zionists say they've learned to deal with it or learn to live with it, not to deal. They've learned to live with terror. Uh, They've learned to just go on. That's not, they didn't learn strength. They didn't learn courage. They devalued the impact of death because everything to them is compared to the Holocaust, and compared to the Holocaust, this is nothing small price to pay. What are the options in their deluded, uh, unhealthy minds? It's an unhealthy complex that they have, but it's a it's a lack of ability to understand how bad their flesh is burning. So. On one hand, the terrorists will never win because anything that happens to them, they always they compare it in their mind to the Holocaust. It's nothing. They're not motivated to jump off that fire. They surely would like to, but they believe that whatever happens to them, it's either that or the Holocaust. And they just don't understand. They don't realize what damage is being done to them. So forget about it. Terrorists are never going to the Designers will never give in to the terrorism. Tell that to the terrorists. It's not going to work. That said, we still have another question. The other question is, as anesthetized as they are to their own damage to their society, to their people, why, question is why people believe that Israel's safe and it's not. And the reason why they don't feel a need to react to terrorism the way other people would react the reason why like the jerusalem post said they learned to live with it that's not uh, some impressive strength of character that these people have developed it's a delusion the reason why they can they've learned to live with terrorism is because they're deluded into uh, believing or be- feeling that it's not there uh, I heard from Chaz Freeman in our last podcast that in other languages than English, there's a distinction between understanding something emotionally and understanding something intellectually. My question was, why is it that if they understand intellectually that Israel is the most dangerous place in the world for Jews, why do they steep? still keep telling Jews to come there? Why do Jews still think it's safe over there? The answer is because emotionally they feel that way. And so that emotional understanding, emotionally they understand it that way. And therefore, it, and, and that's Zionism. Zionism makes them do that. And because of that, that overrides their intellectual understanding. It's blind faith, in short. It's blind faith in Zionism that says, you know what, like people from any religion, uh, well, in any case, lots of religions. If you show them black and white proof that their religion is wrong, they'll say it doesn't matter. I have blind faith in my religion. I believe it. And Zionists say we have faith in Zionism. They have to. They've been indoctrinated. So we have faith in Zionism, even though black and white, we know it's not true. So yes, Israel is a safe place for Jews. It's a safe haven. Uh, Israel is a place where Jews could be strong, where they could uh, tell their the anti-Semites where to go. And all these irrational things is the irrational talk of somebody with an irrational, absurd religion, and that's what Zionism is. And that's why Zionists do so many absurd, irrational things that are against their own interests. In order to understand Zionists, you need to understand Zionism, just like if you want to understand Orthodox Jews, the reason why they do things the way they do, you need to understand the religion of Orthodox Judaism. So, too, you can't understand Zionists unless you understand Zionism. And if Israel is ever to start acting in their own interests, and again, all I'm telling them is listen to your your military people, listen to your intelligence people. This is not the first time when the, the Shin Bet, the Israeli police, their own chief rabbinate said that Jews going on the Temple Mount is a provocation and they should stop. The politicians said, no, they don't care. They don't care about provocations. but And, and they don't believe it is. at Shaked then said, no, it's not true. It's not a provocation. Naftali Bennett, same thing. And one looks at these people and says, anybody that has any intelligence whatsoever should understand these things. And the answer is, blind faith always trumps rational understanding when you have an absurd religion, which Zionism is. Again, I'm not talking about the conflict. I'm talking now, even from the Israeli perspective, I'm talking about dealing with terrorists. If you want, I'm talking about protecting your own people. If anybody, Zionist or otherwise, Israeli or otherwise, cares about the lives of Jews that are in danger in Israel more than they are anywhere else in the world. Please, help people disabuse themselves of Zionism. Help deprogram them. In order for Jews to live in Israel, in order for Jews to be safe in Israel, Zionism has got to go.